we just thank you for being here with us today. We thank you for your presence in our lives. Uh, we thank you that you're with us when we walk out the door. Uh, we just thank you for who you are. And we thank you for this opportunity to learn more about you. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning again. Um, I there were a couple people I missed out. Um, Christy Raposa is one. As I was standing back there, I'm like, oh yeah, I totally forgot. This work of art right here is done by her daughter Chelsea on the front page. Chelsea and Jalise do our graphics, and they both worked on that. But Christy helped me compile the um, content that we put in here along with, I believe, six other content writers that wrote The Deeper Reflection. And so that's a pretty significant thing that we're going to be going through um, the next semester. And so I wanted to give a shout out to them um, because you will be blessed by the content that is in here. Um, <clears throat> and there was another one. and. Uh, I don't know what happened, but anyway, if I think of it before I end, it, it will come out. <laughs> come on, it's like, a, it's like a Monday morning right now. So, um, Karen Lockwood, <laughs> I just looked over. She actually, like, takes care of all our table leaders and meets with them, and her husband has had knee surgery, and it's been a little sketchy for her the last couple months, but she has hung in there. She does registration, um, puts you at the tables and things like that, and then Natalie and Emily, who's in the office, they do so much behind-the-scenes things as well, like all the registrations and forms and things like that, and I, I tell you guys, it's what makes all this possible, so I have to say those names. Like Paul, you'll see in Colossians, he remembers at the end some pretty uh, important people. So, not all bad. <clears throat> so, today I'm going to try and give a quick overview of the book of Colossians so that you're ready um, to jump in this week and actually study the first several verses of Colossians as it's laid out in your book. Your small um, table, your table leaders will kind of go over the format of it with you. Um, but there's probably a couple things I will touch on while I'm up here. But I wanted to give you a little fun fact about myself. So um, I love all things vintage. Maybe not all things, but I like vintage um, things. My name actually means ancient, so I don't know, I guess. <laughs> I guess that was meant to be. But one of my most favorite vintage things is vintage ephemera. Like I love finding old letters and um, even receipts and silly things like that. It's just fascinating to me. So I brought one of these today. <clears throat> it's an old letter. Um, this is actually uh, reprinted, so it's not the, the actual, but it looks pretty, looks pretty old, doesn't it? Um, <clears throat> oops, wait, I'm supposed to be showing you this side. So, um, so this is an old letter, and what I'm 
thinking about with this or where I'm going with this is if we saw this letter and just looked at the back of it, we don't have much context for who wrote it or whatever. And what if we even opened it up without looking at the front and went to, say, the second page? And there's six pages, and it's a guy that wrote it. Isn't that impressive? And look at this handwriting. <clears throat> You'll, you can see it. Yeah, pretty impressive, huh? And we just go to the second page, and we read, one will get sick next something, and I won't have a thing in the world to do, but just nurse you, okay? It, it doesn't really tell us a whole lot, right, except, okay, he's going to take care of somebody. So to get the context of what's going on in this letter, um, first of all, it's super helpful to look at the front of the envelope. Um, so we see it's to Agnes Wooten. And isn't that a beautiful handwriting? I love it. And it's from a doctor. Yeah, a doctor in Farmville, Virginia. And he wrote a six-page letter on April 14th, 1903 to my uh, precious, my own precious baby. So he was writing to his girlfriend at the time. I actually have the reply letter to it. Her handwriting was harder to read than his, so I didn't use it, but it's, it's quite fascinating to me. But it fits so well with um, how we come to God's word. And so we can come to God's word and open it up and not really have context, not really know what's going on with it, and find a verse to maybe fit what's going on in our life. I've seen that done before where a verse is used as a weapon towards somebody else without much context at all to what is going on around it or why it was written. So this morning we're just going to take a few minutes to kind of look at Colossians, why it was written, when it was written, who it was written by. <clears throat> so Colossians was written by who? Okay. Do you know about what time frame it was written? 60 AD-ish, somewhere 60 to 62, somewhere in there. Um, <clears throat> who's he writing to? Oh, we can move on. I forgot I do have slides for this. So this is if we look at, look at Colossians without anything. We know it's important, but we don't have anything. Okay. Now, who's it written to? <laughs> God's holy people in the city of Colossae. So it's the Christians in Colossae that Paul's writing the letter to. Um, <clears throat> and... Okay, there we go again. That would have helped you guys a lot. Um, <laughs> and what's the purpose of the letter? Yeah. So Paul had um, gotten word from Epaphras in some way. Um, <clears throat> and Epaphras was somebody that had learned under Paul in the city of Ephesus, which was about 100 miles 
away from Colossians. Epaphras had taken the gospel back to three little cities that we know of, Hierapolis. Uh, I didn't have a map here, but it's really intriguing. Col Colossae and um, there was one more, Lady Laodicea. Okay, and so he kind of was like a church plant there for those churches. And he, ta he goes evidently to visit Paul. Paul is writing this letter from Rome, um, imprisoned in Rome, and um, Epaphras visits him and evidently tells him about some trouble or struggles that they're having in their little church in Colossae. Now, Paul didn't know these Christians as far as we know. Um, it sounds like it from his letter that I think he even says, I've never met you or something like that. Um, <clears throat> but he has a love and a care for this little church family there in Colossae, which you'll, you'll see that tone as you read um, through Colossians. I think that's one of the things that really moved me, uh, listening to it again this morning, um, was is his love and care and desire for them not to lose this hope of the gospel that they had. So he's commending them at the beginning of the letter. It's like, you guys are doing great. You're loving one another. Um, you're loving God. But it seemed like some type of a false teaching was threatening them. And so that is what he's writing about. Um, <clears throat> That pretty much wraps that up. And so chapter one, it's incredible. Can't wait for you to get there. You won't get there this week, but it's coming, um, is called the Christ hymn. And so knowing that context that they were dealing with, maybe some false doctrine, it makes it pretty evident why Paul started out. First, he commends them. He talks about the hope that they have, their faith and their love, um, and then he goes into what some consider a Christ hymn or call it a Christ hymn. And it's just the most profound words, maybe the most powerful words in the entire Bible on who Jesus is. Um, and so we'll see that in the first chapter. And then in chapter two, I mean, basically he's like, Jesus is enough, you know, in the first chapter. And he, he really um, brings that out so beautifully. And then in, in chapter two, um, he talks about that again. He reminds them that you've been rooted in Christ. Now continue to grow in him and continue uh, to focus on the Lord, to focus on your identity in Christ, who you are in Christ. Be strengthened by your faith and um, overflow with thanksgiving. Um, and we can do that by staying focused on Jesus. And then in chapters 3 and 4, he continues by giving them instructions. So the first half of Colossians is, this is who Jesus is. Don't get led astray by other things. It's just Jesus. He's everything you will ever need. And then the last half is like, because of that, here's how your life's going to change. Here's how your life can change. And, and you'll see an analogy in there where it's like taking off old clothes and putting on new. So it's this outward that people around you also will see 
um, they'll see, you know, you take off certain characteristics and you add in others. So I'm excited to get to that as well. And then he sums up the chapter again, mentioning people. Um, and it's really his upside down kingdom we will see. And as we study it a little bit more, um, how everything, even um, husband and wife relationships, um, owners to slaves, which we don't have so much now, but employees to employers, that type of thing, how that is all turned upside down by Jesus coming in a different way of living. So we can probably sum this all up. By Jesus is everything. He's living in you, and that changes everything. <clears throat> so it's as true as it was 2,000 years ago, right, as it is today for us. And so I am super, super excited um, for what God's going to show each one of you. We're all at different places in our walk with the Lord. We're all at different places in life. Um, and But I know with Colossians, I can pretty confidently say that Colossians is a book you are going to get something out of. Um, and so I ask you just to really commit this next uh, several weeks to time with the Lord, because that's what we want for you is that you can single out time with the Lord. I know um, many of you with uh, littles and things, it's really, really hard. But I would ask you, even if you can only get one day in, it's one day that you have to focus on the Lord. And we have, have kind of set up this booklet in the way that for five days, you're repeating the same scriptures over and over because we have found that repetition um, in God's word is really, that's what meditating is, right? Is letting it settle in, sink in. And so um, I hope you end up being as excited as I am as how it's, how it's laid out, but it will be for five days, however you choose to do that in a week. It will be um, going back, rereading that, I don't know how many times that I have read uh, the book of Colossians. I wish I had kept count, but I started studying it a year ago and feel like I've read it every week for a while. This morning I listened to it twice, so it's very doable. It's a small book. I uh, highly recommend you reading it through if, you have, if that's all you have time for. You know, read, the, read a chapter at a time. But it is going to really, I think, minister to you and your heart. And then the booklet is set up, so we'll leave here today. Um, and you'll start in on week one, and you'll do that homework for this week. Next week, we'll come back. There'll be a teaching on what you've been studying, which is really cool, because then it can just put those roots a little deeper. And then we'll have the discussion in our small group about what you're, you've studied. So you'll all be very well prepared to add in to your, your study there. And that's how it will go until we change it up, um, which is Reflection Weekend. We'll get to that. We don't need to talk about that right now. And it's not a big change up. It's a really cool one. We are not going to change from tables, though. You'll all be happy to know that. We're going to stay at our tables, and I'm not going to do that to you again. I think we lost one person over that, so <laughs> it was a fail. But um, <clears throat> just kidding. That's not why she's not back. But. Um, <laughs> Also, I don't think I said 
that I'm not trying to be trendy, <laughs> nor am I cold. <laughs> but uh, it's just to, to help me hang on to the mic this morning. So the gloves are something I wish I didn't have to be wearing right now. But anyway, such as it is. I don't even know why I had to pop that in there. But um, <laughs> it has nothing to do with Colossians or Paul or anything. Um, so, to wrap up Colossians, um, we have had a member that has accepted the challenge of reading through the book of Colossians for us, because that is how they would get their letters. So, they would get this letter delivered to them, and they would read it through at one setting, not like how we do where we break it down. And so I would really like it if you guys can just kind of close your eyes, listen. Uh, Deborah Silva is going to read to us the letter from Paul the Apostle to the Colossians. Just a couple things first. When Priscilla asked me this, um, I realized how really cool that was because this is how the Colossians heard this letter. It arrived and somebody read it to the entire group. And as I was reading this, I, I printed it out on paper, got it out of the Bible, you know, because when we're reading the Bible, we're reading verse by verse, chapter by chapter. But by printing this out onto a piece of paper and reading the letter through, it struck me more powerfully I think, than just reading it from the Bible. And I would recommend, you know, like from our last exercise, how do we get more out of it? Try that. Print it out. Read it, any of Paul's letters, as the letter that is being sent to your group of people. With that said, this is from the message version. I, Paul, have been sent on special assignment by Christ as part of God's master plan. Together with my friend Timothy, I greet the Christians and stalwart followers of Christ who live in Colossae. May everything good from God our Father be yours. Our prayers for you are always spilling over into thanksgivings. We can't quit thanking God our Father and Jesus our Messiah for you. We keep getting reports on your steady faith in Christ, our Jesus, and the love you continuously extend to all Christians. The lines of purpose in your lives never grow slack, tightly tied as they are to your future in heaven, kept taut by hope. The message is as true among you today as when you first heard it. It doesn't diminish or weaken over time. It's the same all over the world. The message bears fruit and gets larger and stronger, just as it has in you. From the very first day you heard and recognized the truth of what God is doing, you've been hungry for more. It's as vigorous in you now as when you learned it from our friend and close associate, Epaphras. He is one reliable worker for Christ. I could always depend on him. He's the one who told us how thoroughly love had been worked into your lives by the Spirit. Be assured that from the first day we heard of you, we haven't stopped praying for you, asking God to give you wise minds and spirits attuned to his will, and so acquire 
a thorough understanding of the ways in which God works. We pray that you'll live well for the master, making him proud of you as you work hard in his orchard. As you learn more and more how God works, you will learn how to do your work. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength God gives. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy, thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that he has for us. God rescued us from dead-end alleys and dark dungeons. He set us up in the kingdom of the Son he loves so much, the Son who got us out of the pit we were in, got rid of the sins we were doomed to keep repeating. We look at this Son and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this Son and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together like a head does a body. He was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade. He is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there, towering far above everything, everyone. So spacious is he, so expansive, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe People and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. You yourselves are a case study of what he does. At one time, you all had your backs turned to God, thinking rebellious thoughts of him, giving him trouble every chance you got. But now, by giving himself completely at the cross, actually dying for you, Christ brought you over to God's side and put your lives together, whole and holy in his presence. You don't walk away from a gift like that. You stay grounded and steady in that bond of trust, constantly tuned in to the message, careful not to be distracted or diverted. There is no other message, just this one. Every creature under heaven gets this same message, and I, Paul, am a messenger of this message. I want you to know how glad I am that it's me sitting here in this jail and not you. There's a lot of suffering to be entered into in this world, the kind of suffering Christ takes on. I welcome the chance to take my chair, share in the church's part of that suffering. When I became a servant in this church, I experienced this suffering as a sheer gift, God's way of helping me serve you, laying out the whole truth. This mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time, but now it's out in the open. God wanted everyone, not just Jews, to know this rich and glorious secret inside and out, regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing. 
the mystery, in a nutshell, is just this. Christ is in you. So therefore, you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. That is the substance of our message. We preach Christ, warning people not to add to the message. We teach in a spirit of profound common sense so that we can bring each person to maturity. To be mature is to be basic. Christ, no more, no less. That's what I'm working so hard at day after day, year after year, doing my best with the energy God so generously gives me. I want you to realize that I continue to work as hard as I know how for you and also for the Christians over at Laodicea. Not many of you have met me face to face, but that doesn't make any difference. Know that I'm on your side, right alongside you. You are not in this alone. I want you woven into a tapestry of love, in touch with everything there is to know of God. Then you will have minds confident and at rest, focused on Christ, God's great mystery. All the richest treasures of wisdom and knowledge are embedded in that mystery and nowhere else. And we've been shown the mystery. I'm telling you this because I don't want anyone leading you off on some wild goose chase after other so-called mysteries or the secret. I'm a long way off, true, and you may never lay eyes on me, but believe me, I'm on your side, right beside you. I am delighted to hear of the careful and orderly ways you conduct your affairs and impressed with the solid substance of your faith in Christ. My counsel for you is simple and straightforward. Just go ahead with what you've been given. You received Christ Jesus, the master. Now live him. You're deeply rooted in him. You're well constructed up on him. You know your way around the faith. Now do what you've been taught. School's out. Quit studying the subject and start living it and let your living spill over into thanksgiving. Watch out for people who try to dazzle you with big words and intellectual double talk. They want to drag you off into endless arguments that never amount to anything. They spread their ideas through the empty traditions of human beings and the empty superstitious superstitions of spirit beings. But that's not the way of Christ. Everything of God gets expressed in him so you can see and hear him clearly. You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope to realize the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him. When you come to him, that fullness comes together for you too. His power extends over everything. Entering into this fullness is not something you figure out or achieve. It's not a matter of being circumcised or keeping a long list of laws. No, you're already in. Insiders. Not through some secretive initiation rite, but rather through what Christ has already gone through for you. Destroying the power of sin. If it's an initiation ritual you're after... You've already been through it by submitting to baptism. Going under the water was a burial of your old life. 
coming up out of it was a resurrection. God raising you from the dead as he did Christ. When you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it. All sins forgiven. The slate wiped clean. That old arrest warrant canceled and nailed to Christ's cross. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. So don't put up with anyone pressuring you in details of diet, worship services, or holy days. All those things are mere shadows cast before what was to come. The substance is Christ. Don't tolerate people who try to run your life, ordering you to bow and scrape, insisting that you join their obsession with angels and that you seek out visions. They're a lot of hot air. That's all they are. They're completely out of touch with the source of life, Christ, who puts us together in one piece, whose very breath and blood flow through us. He is the head, and we are the body. We can grow up healthy in God only as he nourishes us. So then, if with Christ you've put all that puffed up and childish religion behind you, why do you let yourselves be bullied by it? Don't touch this. Don't taste that. Don't go near this. Do you think things that are here today and gone tomorrow are worth that kind of attention? Such things sound impressive if said in a deep enough voice. They even give the illusion of being pious and humble and austere. But they're just another way of showing off, making yourselves look important. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See it from his perspective. Your old life is dead. Your new life, which is your real life, even though invisible to spectators, is with Christ in God. He is your life. When Christ, your real life, remember, shows up again on this earth, you'll show up too. The real you. The glorious you. Meanwhile, be content with obscurity, like Christ. And that means killing off everything connected with that way of death. Sexual promiscuity, impurity, lust, doing whatever you feel like whenever you feel like it, and grabbing whatever attracts your fancy. That's a life shaped by things and feelings instead of by God. It's because of this kind of thing that God is about to explode in anger. It wasn't long ago that you were doing all that stuff and not knowing any better. But you know better now. So make sure it's all gone for good. Bad temper, irritability, meanness, profanity, dirty talk. Don't lie to one another. You're done with that old life. It's like a filthy set of ill-fitting clothes you've stripped off and put in the fire. Now you're dressed in a new wardrobe. 
every item of your new way of life is custom made by the creator with his label on it. All the old fashions are now obsolete. Words like Jewish and non-Jewish, religious and irreligious, insider and outsider, uncivilized and uncouth, slave and free, mean nothing. From now on, everyone is defined by Christ. Everyone is included in Christ. So, chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline, be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense, forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you, and regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic all-purpose garment. Never be without it. Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. And cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing. Sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master, Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. Wives, understand and support your husbands by submitting to them in ways that honor the master. Husbands, go all out in love for your wives. Don't take advantage of them. Children, do what your parents tell you. This delights the master no end. Parents, don't come down too hard on your children or you'll crush their spirits. Servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters, and don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Work from the heart for your real master, for God, confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving in Christ. The sullen servant who does shoddy work will be held responsible. Being a follower of Jesus does not cover up bad work. And masters, treat your servants considerately. Be fair with them. Don't forget for a minute that you, too, serve a master, God in heaven. Pray diligently. Stay alert with your eyes wide open in gratitude. Don't forget to pray for us that God will open doors for telling the mystery of Christ, even while I'm locked up in this jail. Pray that every time I open my mouth, I'll be able to make Christ plain as day to them. Use your heads as you live and work among outsiders. Don't miss a trick. Make the most of every opportunity. Be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not put them down, not cut them out. My good friend Tychicus will tell you all about me. He's a trusted minister and companion in the service of the master. I've sent him to you so that you would know how things are with us, and so he could encourage you in your faith. And I've sent Onesimus with him. Onesimus is one of you and has become such a trusted and dear brother. 
Together, they'll bring you up to date on everything that has been going on here. Aristarchus, who is in jail here with me, sends greetings. Also Mark, cousin of Barnabas. You received a letter regarding him. If he shows up, welcome him. And also Jesus, the one they call Justice. These are the only ones left from the old crowd who have stuck with me in working for God's kingdom. Don't think they haven't been a big help. Epaphras, who is one of you, says hello. What a trooper he has been. He's been tireless in his prayers for you, praying that you'll stand firm, mature, and confident in everything God wants you to do. I've watched him closely and can report on how hard he has worked for you and for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Luke, good friend and physician, and Demas both send greetings. Say hello to our friends in Laodicea, also to Nympha and the church that meets in her house. After this letter has been read to you, make sure it gets read also in Laodicea and get the letters that went to Laodicea and have it read to you. And, oh, yes, tell Archippus, do your best in the job you received from the master. Do your very best. I'm signing off in my own handwriting. Paul, remember to pray for me in this jail, and grace be with you. Wonderful. That was awesome. <clears throat> I'm not going to say anything more. Paul said it all. You guys can go ahead and head to your small groups. But, man, it's been a full morning, and I've appreciated every single one of you being here. So enjoy your time together.